And welcome back to the Joker's Corner. Uh, first off, I'm sorry this took so long to do. Um, I was busy with work, and as most video gamers and comic book people know, Spider-Man came out the past week, and I needed to play that and be obsessed with it. Still haven't beaten it, but the game is incredible. I'm this is it's the definitive Spider-Man game. Like, just from the tiny details of being whatever suit you want to be, you can pretty much be whatever suit you want to be and actually have that suit the entire game and then just, like, act as if you're in that suit the entire time. Like, because even in the cutscenes, you'll be in that suit during the cutscenes. And if the eyes are supposed to move for, the, for that costume, like, say you're going to be Tom Holland, homecoming suit, the eyes will move if his eyes are supposed to move, but if you're like, say like you're the Scarlet Spider whose eyes don't really move, the eyes won't move. But like, you can tell that Insomniac Games really like, really, really cared about this game. And like, just cared about Spider-Man in general. I'm like, I'm talking about like, even like to the tiniest details, like this game is like, in insanely good. Like, when he's talking to Mary Jane, it's like, you're seeing a comic book come to life. Well, in as much as a video game is coming to life, virtual life, so it's 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 insanely good. So I just like great job, Insomniac. Like you have given us the Arkham of Spider-Man games. Just great job. But um, getting into the podcast, uh, this was supposed to be originally recorded on the sixth of September. So I'm just not going to add any news that came out after the sixth. This is only going to be news that came out before or on the 6th N news and rumors and then um when on thursday the regularly scheduled podcast will carry over any news that came out the the prior after the 6th so sorry for the show being late but you know responsibilities and spider-man blame that um uh, getting into it, we're talking about the rumored cast of the MCU. The rumored cast of the MCU's Fantastic Four. Uh, and this is only a thing because the most recent rumored cast, casting was Andrew Garfield as the Human Torch. But the, the... I shouldn't even say rumored cast. This is mostly just the cast that people want. It's... Uh, so, so far... With Andrew Garfield being rumored as the Human Torch, we have John Krasinski from The Office and A Quiet Place as Mr. Fantastic, Emily Blunt as Invisible Woman, and then, of all people, John Cena as The Thing, which I would, I think that would be hilarious. I think they should actually do that. Um, but honestly, that's a pretty solid cast. Like, um, I would be fine with that cast. Even Andrew Garfield as the Human Torch, like, You've seen countless actors who have been in other Marvel movies that just aren't MCU movies come over to the MCU and just been fantastic, no pun intended. Um, for example, like uh, Chris Evans was the Human Torch in the original Fantastic Four movies, and uh, now he's Captain America. He's a better Captain, Amer Captain America than he was a Human Torch. And then the same could be said for uh, Michael B. Jordan. He was a he was a fan he was a Human Torch. Didn't do that well in that movie, and then he killed it as Killmonger in um, 
Black Panther. So, I mean, they, if they see something in Andrew Garfield as the Human Torch, if this rumor turns out to be true, if they see something in Andrew Garfield that they feel he could be the Human Torch, okay, yeah, he was Spider-Man, but he wasn't that great. I mean, he was a good Spider-Man, in my opinion, but he wasn't a great Peter Parker. Um, I mean, when I say he was a good Spider-Man, he was, like, like, a, like not great. He was just good. Like, he told more jokes than Tobey Maguire, so that made me happy about that. Um, but yeah, that's the rumored casting, and I think it's pretty okay. It's a solid cast if they actually go with this cast and if the actors and actresses want to do it. Um... But the one person I want for sure is John Cena as the thing. If that happens, that would be hilarious. Um, Brie Larson wanted to try and break the internet with uh, releasing the first images of Captain Marvel, the movie, uh, which, including the scrolls, which, I mean, the, the pictures look great, the suit looks great. All those people who thought that Captain Marvel was going to be in the green suit who don't know their comic book history. Like, honestly, all those people who were bitching and complaining about uh, her suits being green, if they look back at actual Captain Marvel's history, like, starting from the beginning, you could... You, he he, wear, he wore a green suit. Now, Captain Mar uh, Miss uh, Carol Danvers never wore the green suit, but, like, they're playing into the aspect of the history of Captain Marvel. Like, he wore the green suit, like that's what the Kree uniform was, and then he switched over to the, the red and stuff like that. So, I like the fact that they kept that in there. All the people, and I knew they were gonna have the red suit. You have to be a moron to think that they weren't gonna have the red suit. Um, but yeah, she looks great as Captain Marvel, and then the scrolls. I can't wait for the scrolls. The scrolls are a game changer. As soon as the scrolls like, are introduced, it's a game changer because then they could do so many things like it's it's insane but they look really good in my opinion i know people say they look like piccolo from like the dragon ball evolution movie but they're aliens like they're green like they have the ears they have the green skin like that's what it, like it's prosthetics i'm assuming so like not prosthetics it's uh makeup so like what did what did you, what do y'all expect like you can't unless unless y'all know an alien out there who looks like a scroll and want them to be pulled out from space to be in the movie that's just what we got and they look decent for what we got um not decent they look really good um so yeah that was the captain Mar first look at captain marvel um there's rumors that the suicide squad 2 might possibly be canceled uh i would be fine with that i didn't really like the first suicide squad movie i like it, it it was just generic like none of the besides um margot robbie as a uh, harley quinn i didn't really believe any of the people playing the movie like playing the characters were those actual characters so i don't really care if the if we even get a suicide squad 2 i really don't i don't even think we really need a suicide squad 2 like they're trying to make it a, like their guardians of the galaxy it's not their Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just not. Plus, you have a bird. They got. They want to make a Birds of Prey movie. They want to make a Harley Quinn and Joker movie. It's, it's just so many things that they want to do with like the characters that were in the Suicide Squad that they don't really need to make a Suicide Squad movie. A second one, I should say, especially when the first one. Yeah, I know it's got an Oscar, but it was mostly for like costume design shit like that. So it's like, 
the movie's not that good. Sure, the costumes might be great or whatever, but the movie, the Oscar wasn't for the movie itself. It was for the costumes. So, like, don't even give me that bull crap of, oh, Suicide Squad had an Oscar, so it's not that bad. No, it's it's still that bad. The costumes aren't that bad. That's that's what it is. Um. So, yeah, I really could care less if it gets canceled or not. Um. Next bit of news is... I always pronounce his name wrong. Taika Waititi, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, the director of Thor Ragnarok. He apparently met with Marvel Studios. Uh, nobody knows why, but it, using common sense, you would have to be thinking to direct the movie, of course. Uh, some of the possibilities I'm thinking of, probably Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, maybe a, a fourth, uh, fourth Thor movie if they, if Chris Hemsworth decides to keep being Thor, I'm sure he would love to do another Thor 4 movie that's like Thor Ragnarok, but the only question with that is where do you go with Thor after that? I would be so down. If they did a Jason Aaron run for Thor, like if they did the God Butcher Thor, that'd be so dope that'd be so dope i wish they would do that. i know they're not but that'd be so cool um and then maybe the eternals for taika Waititi. i think he could pull that off i think he understands like the cosmic side of the marvel universe um maybe not as good as james gunn did but i think he has a pretty good grasp on it i think he could do a really good eternals movie um speaking of a james gunn the final bit of news is Batista doesn't want to work for Disney anymore. And that's not a rumor. He literally had an interview and uh, literally said he doesn't want to work for Disney anymore. So I don't know what that means for the Drax character. I don't know if that means they're going to kill him off. I don't know if they're going to recast him. If if See, because you're in a different situation. I know they can say, oh, they can just recast, but you're kind of in a different situation. He's been Drax for three going on four movies. So it's not like... It's not going to be that easy to replace him because people have gotten used to him playing that character. They're used to the, the solid continuity of the MCU. It's different than Edward Norton's Incredible Hulk being changed to Mark Ruffalo's Incredible Hulk. Edward Norton, was, Edward Norton was only in one movie. So people could get over the fact that, oh yeah, they changed actors. It's the same thing with uh, uh, Rhodey. Uh, what's the guy's name in power? God, I can't remember his name. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard was uh, James Rhodes for the first Iron Man movie, but then it switched over to... Um, Damn, what's his name? Don Cheadle. There we go, Don Cheadle. They switched him over for Don Cheadle. And since it was one movie, they kind of, no one really, really cared. But I feel like if they changed up Drax, if they changed up Batista, they recasted Batista, I don't think people would be as accepting. Especially since he's so vocal. It's I think Batista has been more in the public eye with this whole situation than Edward Norton or uh, Terrence Howard was with their stuff. Maybe it's because I was younger when all that stuff was going on. I wasn't really paying attention to it. But I feel like it wasn't as big of a deal as this is. 
I could be wrong about that. Maybe people did care about super hardcore, but I don't think they did. Um, I mean, even I know when I went to go see Avengers and I saw that it wasn't Edward Norton, it, it was a little jarring, but I was like, ah, he's the Hulk. I really don't really care about the actor playing Bruce Banner. I care about the Hulk, and the Hulk is just CGI. So, yeah, unless you're Lou Ferrigno, then you're like the actual Hulk. Uh, but yeah, I feel like I feel like if they're gonna if they if they can't come up to an agreement with Batista, I just say kill Drax off. Don't like he's. I like Drax, but just kill him off. What they should do is because I know they do they have a comic book right now. I think it's just a limited series for like the Infinity Wars thing. Um, it's called As Guardians of the Galaxy. What they should do is just add Thor. To um. Just add Thor to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, he already had adventures with Rocket Raccoon. Like, he's already friends with them. I would just add Thor. And then you have Taiki, Ta, uh, Taika Waititi, who uh, Chris Hemsworth probably gets along with pretty well. So it's, like, a nice fit. I feel like Thor would be a good fit for um, the Guardians now that he's kind of just, like, a goofball character. Um... Because, like, in Infinity War, their interactions, his interactions with, like, Star-Lord and stuff, like, all of them, they was really funny. Like, Rocket and Groot, they were all really funny. And we would actually have somebody who could understand Groot besides just Rocket. So that'd be very funny to see how they interact. So I think that's, I think that's what they should do. I think they should just switch, kill, kill Drax and just replace him with Thor. Because then that, you could, with that, with that, you have Thor traveling around space to find his, uh, his friends like uh, Meek and uh, Korg and uh, the and Valkyrie, and then maybe you can have him meet Better Ray Better Ray Bill while he's chilling with the Guardians. That'd be really cool. Uh, so yeah, like I said, just kill Drax off. If Batista really doesn't want to work for Disney anymore, just just kill him off. Just kill Drax off, and then we have a nice neat bow. We have a nice neat storyline. Um, and that's it. Yeah, just just do that. That's the easiest way to deal with that that dilemma. And now getting into the comic books of the week. It's kind of going to be short. Uh, there weren't that many comic books that I was interested in this week, unfortunately. So uh, the comic book list for this week is pretty short. But the all on the cool side... I did find a new indie book that I really dig. Uh, I'll talk about that last first, though. I mean, I'll talk about that last. Um, the first book I'm going to talk about is Immortal Hulk number five, writer uh, with the writing uh, by Al Ewing and artist by Joe Bennett. First off, the Immortal Hulk, the first Hulk book I'm interested in, where I'm reading every issue, like. This is a really, really good Hulk book. It's like a mystery slash horror book um, comic with the Hulk as like the main, like, uh, of course, as the main hero. But um, it's really good. Like, it's insanely good, like how good this book is. But um, anyway, in this issue, it opens up with a flashback of the character Sasquatch talking with his Alpha Flight teammates. And... When I say Alpha Flight, I mean the new current Alpha Flight, like with Captain Marvel, not like old school Wolverine Alpha Flight. Um, 
anyway, he's talking about how he's been more aggressive in the field and that he hasn't really been his alter ego, Walter uh, Lankowski, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Like he's, they're saying he has, he's been just staying a Sasquatch. He hasn't switched back to Walter. Um, so anyway, after this, this whole talk, he goes back to his room and transforms back into Lankowski, but he's like, oh, that's a lot harder than what it used to be. Um, and then it switches over to being uh, in the present where the last issue left off, where they were at the hospital, and um, Banner walks into the morgue to see Sasquatch. Because in the last issue, he I believe he died. I believe Lankowski died, but since he's a gamma-radiated monster, I guess the new status quo for gamma-radiated monsters is that they can't die. They just, uh, as soon as like it becomes night again, they just like, they just come back. So, um, so yeah, he, he, Lankowski was killed. I forgot by what, though. He was killed, and then, um, he turned back, and he turned into Sasquatch. So, um, Banner walks into the morgue to see Sasquatch, and, uh, Banner's, like, trying to calm him down. He's, like, he uses Walter's name. And Sasquatch is all like, oh, Walter's not here. And he slashes uh, Bruce Banner's jugular because he's like, I want to talk to the real you. Of course, he means the Hulk. And he slashes his jugular, like, instantly killing him. And then, which, of course, brings out the Hulk. Um, they, they, he says something funny about, like, how much dying sucks. Like, he, he's like, Sasquatch is all like, oh, doesn't dying suck? And Hulk is like, oh, yeah, like, it does. It sucks. But, um, it reminded me of the the ending of Bride of Chucky when, um, Chucky's, like, in, like, that, I think he's in, a, like, that, like, a dugout grave, and whoever, like, the main protagonist of that movie was, he's all, like, he's about to shoot him, and he's, like, he's, like, Chucky's all, like, oh, go ahead, shoot me, shoot me, I come back, I always come back, and, uh, as soon as he shoots the gun, he's, like, but man, dying sucks, and he gets shot and he dies. I really, I, that moment reminded me of Bride of Chuck, and I thought it was very funny. Um, but anyway, Hulk comes out, and they start fighting, and Hulk is trying to figure out uh, who's in control if it's not Lankowski. And it turns out, in a shocking twist, it's Banner's abusive father, and this realization turns Hulk into like a straight wimp for like a hot minute. Um, once Hulk gets over the whole trauma of having to face his abuser, uh, he defeats Sasquatch because at the end of the day, Banner's dad is just a, in Hulk's words, a puny human. Um, then later on, like, after he beats him, the reporter that's been following the Hulk in, like, the past couple issues, um, the Hulk is like, you followed me across, like, uh, multiple states so this must be personal for you. Like, this is more than just a story. This is personal for you. So what's the deal? And um, he's like, you're allowed one question. And so it turns out that, like, um, this reporter, uh, the Hulk once came and, like, straight up, like, destroyed her entire town or neighborhood or wherever she was living. And I guess she became obsessed with that kind of power. And she was like, she asked the Hulk, how does she become like the Hulk? And the Hulk is like stunned by this question and he just tells her to go home. And um, 
at the end of the issue, we see Hulk looking at a car window, and uh, his reflection isn't his, it's his abusive father. So um, it seems like he's still around. It has something to do, because the overlying, so far the overlying connective thread, because mostly these stories are mostly just like one and dones, but the connective tissue between all these issues have been the mystery of the green door. And it seems like Bruce Banner's father has found a way to get to the, uh, the, the green door. I don't know if Bruce Banner's father was ever like a gamma radiated monster, if he ever had gamma powers or anything like that. I'm not that knowledgeable about the Hulk. Um, so I'm not sure. I would have to read uh, some of the old issues of the Hulk to find that out. But this this book has been this issue especially was a nine out of ten for me. It was it was so good. This entire book has been like Al Ewing has is really telling a great story, like a great mystery story, a great horror story. Like in some of these books, I'm scared, like genuinely scared of the Hulk. Like I mean, yeah, you should be scared of the Hulk. Like if the Hulk was real, I feel like everyone should be scared of the Hulk. But, like, he, Al Ewing has a way of making the Hulk actually seem scary in the book. Like, in the, like he's, like, he doesn't seem like the jolly green giant. Like, he's a terrifying monster. Like, oh, look, I'm not going to say I agree with General Ross. But if General Ross was in this book, I would not necessarily look at him as the bad guy. In some cases, some cases I would be like, all right, General Ross, like you, you, some of the things that Hulk is doing is not that bad. But then some of the things the Hulk is doing is that bad. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude, like put that man down. If, I mean, you can't, but Illuminati him, send him to a different planet or something. But yeah, nine out of 10 for me on that book. I, I'm really digging the Immortal Hulk. I feel like a lot of people should read that book. It's, it's, it's so good. Um, The next book is Batman number 54, which of course is written by Tom King with art. We have a new artist. Um, I don't want to say unfortunately because the art's not bad, but I miss uh, the guy who was doing the last arc because he looked like year one Batman. But uh, the artist is Matt Wagner. Um, and this issue is going to be kind of hard to review because it switches from like flashbacks and present day. But um, it's mostly showing the comparisons of trauma, like the comparisons of the trauma of Dick Grayson losing his parents and Bruce Wayne being left at the altar, which apparently is a fair comparison, according to Tom King. I don't think it's a fair comparison. I think that's a kind of a stretch to be like, oh, yeah, losing your parents at a young age is the same as being left at the altar. It's it's not. I don't know what Tom King was thinking about. Like I don't know what he was thinking there. Um, but the issue switches from present day Dick to trying to help Bruce get over him being left at the altar by Catwoman. Um, it's a it's a cute book. It's a nice uh, Dick Grayson Bruce Wayne book. Um, then at the end of the day, Dick is able to get Bruce to express how he's feeling by getting him to laugh with some joke. Uh, which lowers the emotional wall that Bruce had put up, and he starts to like grieve over his like lost love or whatever. It's a nice issue, but it's meh. So I gotta give it like a six out of ten. It's not bad, but it's not stellar. Like I was like that previous arc. Like this is this this is the bad thing about Tom King. It's like he'll have a really great arc, 
and then he'll do something that just lowers their momentum. It's like, it's like you're on a roller coaster. It's like, like this book was like the like the climbing of the hill, and then eventually we'll just go down, go down the hill, and that'll be where all the good stuff is. But right now, I guess we just have to ride that hill until we can get to the the um, till we can get over it and just ride and ride it down smoothly and enjoy all a whole bunch of action and stuff like that. So yeah, I gotta give this issue a six out of ten. Not hating on Tom King's writing or anything like that. I just this was not his greatest effort in, in this particular book. Um, but uh, to finish up the review this week, I'm going to, in honor of of Zach Thompson, who is a writer, a comic book writer, he writes for Marvel and he does his own indie stuff. But uh, some of y'all know him as the guy who wrote Cable. Um, he came up with the uh, the the one of the the Penny Parker girl, the Penny Parker the Penny Parker Spider Girl person who rides who uses that big giant mech. Um, he's going to be writing X Men Black when that comes out. Um, but he I started a YouTube channel to put some of the comic book reviews from the podcast onto the YouTube channel, and um, I plan on doing more comic book reviews that don't make it into the podcast. I plan on doing some reviews on stuff that I don't put in the uh, podcast. But um, So check that out. It's uh, Marvel Kid AJ. Um, but he liked my first YouTube video. Like He like he, he didn't have to do that, and he, he went out of his way, saw, I guess, I don't know how he saw it, because he, he wasn't even following me or anything like that. But um, he saw it, and it was the Edge of Spider Getting review that I did in the first podcast, and he he liked it, and that was really cool. Uh, and I just want to say thank you again. I already said thank you all over Twitter, but I, I want to say thank you again, Zach Thompson, if you're listening to this. I highly doubt it, but uh, thank you. And as a he gave me permission to review his series over on the YouTube channel, but I'm gonna start here on the podcast, and then like. I'll transfer over from the podcast on, over to the YouTube channel. Um, once again, that's Marvel Kid AJ. I, I gotta plug that. Um, sorry. Shameless plug. Um, but I'm gonna be re- reviewing his newest indie book called Relay, which has three issues. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna combine all issues together. I'm gonna start from the beginning one. I'm not gonna ever say it's like stopping. I'm just gonna combine it as if it's one whole book. Because I'm, I'm not going to break it up and give each individual one a score. Because each issue is like intriguing and, and so interesting. And it's like, I don't want to compare it to anything. But it's really sci-fi heavy. It's really like militaristic heavy. It's a really good book. Like it's a really, really good book. But um, anyway, starting, I'm going to start it off. Uh, Relay numbers one through three with the writing of Zach Thompson, art by Andy Clark. And the story is by Zach Thompson, Donnie Cates, and Eric Bromberg. I believe that's how you pronounce it. And it's by the comp- publisher Aftershock. I believe that's their publisher. So I just want to get their name out there, try to get some as many people else to read the book as possible. With my, I don't think I have any influence, but whatever. Um, but anyway, the story opens up on Earth, which I believe is Earth, where a giant like monolith thing is just towering above everything else 
And it was apparently brought to Earth by this dude named Donaldson, who's like the godlike figure that everyone believes in. He brought this giant monolith to Earth 300 years ago. And it like connects. It's supposed to be like a connective tissue type of deal to like. They're basically colonizing other planets. And uh, basically they're just doing what the, uh, the, the, the Great Britain did. They're going to different places and colonizing them and teaching them their ways and forcing them to become like them pretty much, having their same beliefs and stuff like that. But anyway, the main character uh, is a guy named Jag Carter. He is a big believer in Donaldson. Um, he's part of the military group whose main goal, like I said, is to find... Well, not like I said, but he their main goal is to find Donaldson's world because that's most likely where he would be. Um, anyway, after Jad and his partner, William Burns, lose a protester of Donaldson, who's a part of like this terrorist organization, organization called ARA. I don't know if that's important yet, because like I said, there's only three issues, but they said their name, so I'm just going to say it's important. I, I, I'll sure, I'm sure it will come up later. Um, they are sent to a world with a number, another member of the military, Victoria Burgess, to pretty much colonize a new planet, which is like an amalgamation of all the time periods of Earth. That's what this new planet is like. It's like an amalgamation of like different time periods. Um, and Jad believes this is where they will find Donaldson. Uh, because he says like the evidence, he's saying like this planet is like what Donaldson had in his mind originally and this is what he wanted it to be like. So he really believes that this is where they're going to find the dude. Um, they find a guy who looks just like Donaldson and Jad is like super hyped to meet him. He takes a picture with him and the guy's like, I'm not, I'm not who you think I am. I'm just, I'm one of his descendants. Um, but Jad talks to the dude and he's like, dude, I know you're Donaldson. And he, and after finding some equipment that apparently only the real dude would have, uh, the guy admits to being Donaldson, but tells him he won't go back to Earth because he's saying um, the goal of the monolith or the relay or whatever is going to stop. I think he says he's gonna. it's going to stop human uh, sort of progression. It's just going to stifle it and not everyone. It's just going to everybody's going to be stagnant. No one's going to like go further with knowledge or anything like that. So, um, Jad tells his partners that he's going to stay with Donaldson to try to convince him to come back to Earth to show the people that he's real and their beliefs are true enough, even though Donaldson is, like, um, he's a different person from how he started, but he's, like, Jad's, like, no, I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna convince him to come, uh, but Victoria's, like, no, that's against the rules, blah, 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 meanwhile, this is going wrong, going on, uh, William is messing around and, collecting a souvenir from the planet like he always does he does this with every new planet they go to he collects souvenirs from it because he says it's important to remember the erased because some some of these plants they don't want to be colonized and go with the beliefs of donaldson or whatever they just blow up the planet and that's that's what they do and this is what williamson does to like uh william does to like remember them so while he's messing around with the souvenir, he looks at a rake and breaks it in half. And oddly enough, the rake starts bleeding. And on the end shot, on the inside, the sh it shows like cellular activity, like 
like cells and stuff like that now science stuff like cells uh victoria yells at william to shoot jad because he's going against the rules and uh so william takes out jad and then they blow up the planet that donaldson was on like they blow up where their supposed god was living and that right there threw me for a loop i was like oh snap like there's a there's a lot more going on than just them there's, there's some shady shenanigans going on so um a few days later jad wakes up in his room and begins trying to figure out the whole mystery and uh the first world which i believe is called zalus i think that's what the first world was called uh meanwhile victoria kills william for taking something from the planet they destroyed and before she does William is all confused because he's like I do this all the time what's so different now and uh, so she just shoots him out the out a window and he plummets to his death um, and then back with Jad he's looking at two different pictures of Donaldson one the one he took with him when they met and then one I guess that everyone is allowed to have of the dude and the biggest difference between them is that the guy he met his index finger and his middle fingers aren't joined, like, fused together like the OG picture he has. And what's odd about that is that on this planet on Earth now, um, from the time you're in first grade, they teach everyone about uh, Donaldson, and they always say that his index finger and middle finger were uh, joined together. So he's like, okay, that's odd. Um, and before he's able to find anything out, uh, Victoria breaks in and puts a mask over his head saying he broke the rules or whatever. And, uh, in one of the panels, her face is like droopy, like, like clay, like melting clay or whatever, like kind of like clay face. And so there's something going on with her. And, uh, Jad wakes up inside, like inside the monolith with Victoria talking crazy about how the monolith showed her the truth and has enlightened her. And so while she's doing all this talking, Jad knocks her out, takes her gun and her belt, which has the mug that Williamson took as a souvenir from Destroyed Planet. And he begins to, like, run. And as he's running around the monolith, he realizes that it's, like, organic and it's breathing. And there's, like, a bunch of other weird stuff, like people fused into the walls of the monolith. Like, it, it, it's some trippy stuff. And, um... Jad manages to get out of the monolith and avoid the military and get his get a get a ship and he just flies out into space. And while he's flying out in space, he suddenly realizes why they destroy planets that don't want to be colonized. Because he claims that they can learn a lot about their own race by how others create their objects. And he learns this because when he looks at the mug that William took, he sees it's engraved with the word Zalus, which was the first which was which was the first world, I believe. And that's how the issue that's how issue three ends. And that's all that's come out so far. And I I'm really, really digging this series. It's an awesome series so far. I'm really digging it. Like like if Zach Thompson hadn't liked my YouTube video or whatever, I never would have heard about this book. And I'm glad he did because now I I'm in love with this series. I I hate the fact that it comes out only once a month. Like I'm have to be reading like I'm going to have to read one, two, three, then four, just to remember all the stuff and connect the tissues and stuff like that. It's it's a really good book. If you're a big sci-fi fan, 
I feel like you should read it. It's so dope. It reminds me of, um, kind of, in a little way, it reminds me of Prometheus, just done better, without all the aliens and stuff like that. But it reminds me of Prometheus, in a way. It's really good. I really recommend it. I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. It is the best book I've read this entire week. And I'm talking about this had, like, this week had Nightwing, this week had uh, Batman, this week had The Immortal Hulk, which I gave a 9. So, like, if this series, this indie book got a 9.5 out of 10, it is insanely good. I don't really normally read indie books, but this book was good. I'm so glad I read it. And, yeah, so, yep. Please, give Relay a shot. I really want this book to blow up. I really, like, Zach Thompson seemed like a really nice dude. Like, he didn't have to like my YouTube video, like, at all. He seems like a really nice dude. So, just, like, give his series a shot. It's really good. Um, and, yeah, that's the podcast. Thank you, Zach Thompson, again. I really like it. I really, I'm, I was so stoked that an actual comic book writer liked my YouTube video. Um... So yeah, if you're interested about my YouTube channel, it's Marvel Kid AJ. I'm going to try and get more comic book reviews that I don't do on the podcast on there. But also I'm going to do the reviews that I did on the podcast over there too. So if you want to check that out, subscribe and stuff like that. You can also subscribe to the Anchor podcast. Um, or you could just continue supporting, like just uh, listening to however you listen. Or like on Spotify or on or on Apple or Stitcher, however you want to listen to it, they go. The podcast goes to all of it. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, have a great day. I will be back on schedule Thursday with the regular scheduled podcast for this week. And again, I'm I'm so sorry it took this long. Just got to do what responsibilities like all adults do. Um, but yeah, have a good one.